KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Wednesday, September 22nd. We'll soon be paying more for water. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. California now has the lowest coronavirus transmission rate of any state in the U.S. Just under 70 percent of California residents are fully vaccinated. Dr. Mark Sawyer is an infectious disease specialist at UC San Diego Health and Rady Children's Hospital. He sits on an FDA advisory committee that recommended booster shots for those over 65 and those at high risk for catching the virus, like healthcare workers. My anticipation is that CDC is going to follow the lead of the FDA committee and recommend that at least we start giving boosters to seniors and other high-risk groups. The CDC advisory panel is meeting today and Thursday. Depending on what happens, boosters could be approved as early as the end of this week. Tuesday was the beginning of a massive move-in to on-campus housing at UC San Diego. In-person classes start on Thursday. To protect students, the university is moving some classes outdoors, testing wastewater for COVID-19, masks and vaccines are required with very few medical exemptions allowed for vaccines. San Diego is one of six California cities joining a White House initiative to reduce homelessness. The plan is called House America, and through it, state and local governments pledge to build new housing. Governor Gavin Newsom wants to create 84,000 new affordable units across the state using state funding approved earlier this summer. We put out $12 billion commitment to address this issue. We're going all in. We don't want to play in the margins anymore. A quarter of the nation's unhoused live in California. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. San Diegans will soon be paying more for water. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says on Tuesday, the city council approved a new rate structure that will also see some folks paying less. He spoke with San Diego City Council member Monica Montgomery Stepp. And I know that this is not something that is going to be easy for a lot of people. I also know that we have to maintain our systems because it could be a lot worse on the other end if we do not. There's no getting around it. Water is an increasingly scarce resource in San Diego, and it's getting more expensive. The 3% increase in the city's water rates is to compensate for rising rates charged by the city's water wholesalers and the continuing need to repair aging pipelines. The changes to the city's sewer fees are a bit more complicated. Right now, single-family homes are charged lower wastewater rates than apartments or businesses. 
the city determined that was unfair. So it's lowering sewer rates for businesses and apartments. Now they'll pay the same rates as single-family homeowners, who will start paying more. Councilmember Raul Campillo says raising rates is always a hard decision. It's always difficult to increase rates. Asking ratepayers to contribute another penny is never ideal because we live in one of the least affordable regions in the United States. But we have a duty as elected officials to make those hard decisions that councils pass have failed to do, which is to present you, the public, with the current reality. That current reality, the city's water and wastewater infrastructure is in bad shape, and the city needs more money to fix it. The rate changes will start taking effect in January, with increases phased in through 2025. And that was KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen. There's been a huge increase in the number of people dying from overdoses of meth and fentanyl in San Diego County. KPBS's John Carroll has more on the staggering numbers and what the county is doing about it. During a pandemic, it's easy to overlook. But listening to San Diego County Chief Medical Examiner Dr. Stephen Campman focuses the mind on a crisis in our midst. The number of deaths due to methamphetamine is continuing to increase. Um, more deaths this year than before. The deaths uh, due to fentanyl has hugely increased. Dr. Kampman's calm demeanor belies the magnitude of the problem. The information comes from the just-released report cards from the Prescription Drug Abuse Task Force and the Meth Strike Force. Over the last five years, total meth cause deaths jumped from 377 to 722, a 92% increase. The situation with fentanyl is even more dire. 33 deaths in 2016, up to 462 in 2020, a staggering 1,300% jump. Dr. Campman says people often buy fentanyl injected into counterfeit pills of oxycodone or Xanax, that highlights a larger cautionary tale that you never know what you're getting when you buy drugs on the street. We've seen people who thought they bought cocaine and died of fentanyl toxicity and there was no cocaine in them at all. Overdoses from meth and fentanyl primarily kill men from their mid-30s to their mid-60s, but perhaps more disturbingly, the crisis isn't limited to adults. The hospitals have seen um, infants and little kids in the emergency rooms experiencing fentanyl toxicity. And that was reporting from KPBS's John Carroll. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, help is available. Call 888-724-7240. There are also resources available on the San Diego County website. On our website at kpbs.org, you can also find direct links to those addiction resources. The White House says it's now looking into video footage of Border Patrol agents on horseback confronting Haitian migrants in Texas. Haitian leaders in San Diego say they're appalled at what they've seen. KPBS's Alexander Ronhell has more from a local Haitian priest who says he's on his way to Del Rio to help in any way he can. Images of U.S. Custom Border Protection agents using aggressive tactics to deter Haitian migrants. John Elise Durandiz, a pastor with the Haitian Ministry of San Diego, says he was appalled by the treatment the Haitians received in Del Rio. 
In recent days, an estimated 12,000 undocumented Haitians have arrived to the border hoping to seek asylum. Durandiz says Haiti is the last place these migrants want to return to. All of the Haitians is my brother. All of the Haitians is my, is my sister. So that's why I'll be in Texas to see what we can do, how I can work with them. DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas condemned the tactics used by Border Patrol and says a full investigation is being followed. And that reporting from KPBS's Alexandra Ronhell. Wildland firefighters accept risk when they head out to battle a blaze, but Cal Fire firefighters are getting sick and some have even died during training. This story is a collaboration between the investigative unit at Columbia Journalism School, the California Newsroom, and KPCC. Jacob Margolis and Brian Edwards have this report. On a hot July day a few years ago, Cal Fire firefighter Yaroslav Katkov was hiking on a trail near Temecula, when he collapsed. By the time he got help, it was too late. He died at the age of 28, not on the fire line, but while training. They told me that everything that could have been done was done. Ashley Valerio was Katkov's longtime partner. And like, I believed them and I like trusted them. My reporting partner, Brian and I reviewed hundreds of pages of documents from Cal Fire and Cal OSHA. We found a pattern of seasonal firefighters and inmates getting sick and some even dying during what should have been one of the least dangerous things they do, training. Exactly, Jacob. Over the last year and a half, almost four dozen CAL FIRE firefighters have suffered from heat illness during training. And since 2003, five firefighters have died during training exercises, where experts say heat appears to have played a role in their deaths. And all these cases point to bigger issues within the agency. For one, there's a culture that values pushing on at all costs. Two. CAL FIRE has major issues with helping people improve their fitness levels safely. And three, even before they get started training, insiders say, CAL FIRE's process for catching pre-existing medical conditions is lacking. Okay, let's start with the punitive culture issue, because it's a big part of this story. Yeah, and seems to be a big part of Yaroslav Katkov's story in particular. He collapsed and died after being pushed by his captain to do a training hike a second time, after he'd already been showing signs of heat illness. Cal Fire demoted the captain after the investigation. We were told by multiple current and former Cal Fire employees that pushing firefighters beyond their breaking points is common. In a written response, Cal Fire said it vigorously rejects the notion that a punitive culture exists. But there have been similar issues since Katkov's death. I'll admit it, we had problems in San Diego in the last four months. That's Cal Fire Union President Tim Edwards, who spoke with us after we shared what we found. He says that a supervisor had to be admonished for the way he was treating seasonal firefighters. Making them hike when when they weren't feeling good. Making them hike thinking if you pushed them a little bit further, you know, it would help them. Another reason Cal Fire firefighters are getting injured during training? Uneven physical fitness standards and a lack of consistent training standards. That's a problem for seasonal firefighters who might take six months off between deployments and not show up in firefighting shape. Here's Edwards again. Is there a physical fitness standard coming onto the job? No, there's not. Absolutely not. And we've been pushing for years for one. In a statement, Cal Fire said, quote, each must do his, her part year round to ensure that they're preparing for the upcoming fire season. Our investigation found many firefighters don't always get clear guidelines for improvements after taking the winter off. 
According to the injury reports we reviewed, a majority of the seasonal firefighters that got sick with heat in the last year and a half did not have documented conditioning plans. And the final big issue? Seasonal firefighters usually only get basic physicals before they start working. In the CATCOV investigation documents, CAL FIRE Captain Cesar Neri is quoted as saying, you could get a better physical playing high school football than the one required by CAL FIRE. Other departments often require firefighters to go through more extensive testing before they start in the field. Meaning, for CAL FIRE firefighters, there's a chance that bigger, unknown pre-existing conditions could be missed. When we spoke with Ashley Valerio, CATCOV's longtime partner, she was angry. You're supposed to, like, have faith that those people would, like, keep them safe. Definitely it shows what kind of leadership that they're willing to allow. How to keep firefighters safe during training is a question that will only become more pressing as California's wildfire outlook continues to worsen. And that reporting from Jacob Margolis and Brian Edwards. Coming up, survivors of past wildfires have a message for new fire victims navigating the world of wildfire litigation. Buyer beware. We'll have more on that next, just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. As fires ravage Northern California, lawyers have descended upon the region in a bid to sign up victims as clients. The wildfire litigation industry has become big business for attorneys in recent years, but survivors of past fires have a message for new fire victims. Buyer beware. From KQED and the California Newsroom, Lily Jamali reports. Ash falls from the sky as Sandy Sullins finishes up a plate of barbecue chicken with her family and other evacuees at a park near the Plumas County Courthouse here in the northeastern corner of the state. They're still reeling from the loss of their home of 51 years to the Dixie Fire. The fire has burned almost a million acres, making it the biggest in California history. Well, we want to hear what's being done or have started the fires, you know, because you don't know. You only hear. And it's the same story over and over and over again. PG&E or... Days after the Dixie Fire broke out, the utility PG&E indicated to state regulators that its equipment may have played a role in sparking the blaze. The air is thick with smoke, both from the fire and from the barbecue, which is free. 
It's been organized by a group of lawyers. One is local. Brett Cook has been the Sullins' lawyer for many years. We're just providing some food for the, for the people that were evacuated uh, from the Dixie Fire. This is a way of giving back to the community, and it was simply a way to, um, you know, to make people put a little smile on their face. Cook has teamed up with the law group Potter Handy, based hundreds of miles south of here in San Diego, and some of those lawyers have flown up for the event. But not far from the brisket and butterhorn rolls, there's a stack of papers, contracts, to sign up with the firm in exchange for 25% of any reward. This is hardly the only firm on the prowl. We know the destruction of wildfires all too well. When utility companies neglect maintenance and safety, homes and lives can be lost. I saw At least two dozen firms are making the rounds, many with the promise of suing PG&E. The utility's equipment has sparked catastrophic wildfires nearly every year since 2015. Thousands of survivors' research brought them to the watts Guerra law firm. This ad is for a law group headed by Michael Watts, an attorney based in Texas who traveled to the fire zone to hold a town hall meeting at a public library. It featured famed consumer advocate Erin Brockovich, who joined by Zoom. She's been a paid spokesperson for the group. Watts boasts of his role in negotiating a settlement for 70,000 victims of fires caused by PG&E from 2015 to 2018. That deal promised fire victims $13.5 billion. But the deal isn't actually worth that, and never has been. In a highly unusual outcome, half of it was funded as stock of PG&E, which remains depressed as PG&E is implicated in more fires. The head of a special trust set up to distribute their money told us the fire victims will never be made whole. Victoria Gann saw an ad for Watts's town hall on Facebook. She lost her home in paradise in the 2018 campfire and is still living in a trailer. Oh, God, it made me sick and it made me mad. You know, like, it, it's right on the heels of it. Like, you know, give these people a break. Gann is one of a number of fire survivors from the past who've been mobilizing to try to educate those now going through the harrowing experience they know all too well. It's kind of like a dog and pony show you know, out, that he puts on out there. He puts on the act of the good guy. Watts declined to be interviewed, but in an email, he said the deal was one he was, quote, very proud to have worked on with fine lawyers across California to achieve on behalf of all our clients. David Hollister, the district attorney in Plumas County, has some advice for victims of the Dixie Fire. We want you to take a step back, take a deep breath, get all the information you can and then make a really good choice that's going to protect yourself going forward. Hollister says the last thing he wants is for people who just lost everything to be victimized twice. And that reporting from KQED's Lily Jamali. KUNR's Paul Boger contributed to this story. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day.
KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places.